I'm Dan Joseph. You're listening to the Dan Joseph's America podcast. I'm like most people when it comes to physical violence, at least I assume so, in that I avoid it at all costs. And I mean, I think that's a sign of maturity. Kids fighting in the schoolyard, right? Or even sometimes adults in bars when there's an argument and they're drunk. I, I view those things as a lack of sophistication. You know, sophisticated people settle disputes with their words. And yeah, sometimes that battle of words can get pretty testy, but it's always better than letting an argument or a feeling of being wronged devolve into a physical attack. I think that mature people understand that, but apparently there are members of Congress who don't subscribe to this philosophy. On Tuesday, Tim Burchett, a representative from Tennessee, he was one of the eight congressmen who voted to oust Speaker McCarthy. And he actually says the reason he voted against him was because McCarthy was disrespectful in some way to his Christian faith. I don't know exactly what he said. Well, Burchett claims that he was uh, in one of the hallways talking to a reporter from NPR. And McCarthy came up from behind him and elbowed him in the back. Elbowed him right in the kidneys, he says. Now, McCarthy disputes this, says that he accidentally brushed by him. Burchett and the NPR reporter who he was talking to claim that McCarthy intentionally elbowed him in the back. I, I, I feel like you know if something is intentional like that or something is accidental. And this isn't the first time that McCarthy has been accused of something like this. A former congressman, Adam Kinzinger, says that McCarthy shoulder-checked him on one occasion. Uh, he says this in his book. So McCarthy is getting a reputation for being violent to other members. And like I said, did, did McCarthy elbow Burchett on purpose? I think he probably did. Because as I said, you can tell when something like that is intentional. And, and, and look, McCarthy is angry. We know he's still angry about being ousted. And I know that there are times when you get so frustrated that you want to punch someone. I've been there. We've all been there. And I think that McCarthy probably wasn't thinking clearly. He saw the opportunity and he took it, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm sure this kind of thing probably happens a lot more than we think in the real world. But this is Congress. This is the halls of power here. I mean, you hope that the people who run the country are mature enough to solve their problems without resorting to violence. Now, that same day, <laughs> this all happened in one day, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen <laughs> challenged the head of the Teamsters Union, Sean O'Brien, who was testifying before his committee at the time, to a physical fight. Yes, Mark Wayne actually got up from out of his seat, uh, said, do you want to go right now? And started rolling up his sleeves and was getting ready to go down to the floor and fight this guy. It, it, it was insane. It, it could have gotten really bad if Bernie Sanders hadn't stepped in and de-escalated things. Apparently, Mullen and O'Brien had been going back and forth on Twitter, and O'Brien called him a, quote, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made, in reality just a clown and fraud, always has been, always will be, quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings, you know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Hashtag little man syndrome. 
not, not very nice. So Mullen was questioning him, and he asked about the tweet, and, and, and then he challenged him to a fight, which it seemed like O'Brien was down for. He was like, let's do it. Now, Mullen is a former MMA fighter, so it probably wouldn't have gone well for O'Brien, but still. A, a U.S. senator. I, 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 look, I kind of understand a teamster getting into a scuffle. They're kind of famous for that. But not a U.S. senator who's in the middle of a committee hearing. So, again, on the same day, we have these incidents in Congress where violence or the threat of violence is being put out there by high-ranking officials. And you have to ask yourself, what is going on? Same day, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We all know Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, she is not stable, I don't think. But she called Daryl Issa... She, she said about Daryl Issa, well, he doesn't have any balls because he didn't vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And then she posted a video of Donald Trump calling someone a pussy. And she was, she was saying, you are too, Daryl Issa. We all can figure that out. Now, name calling is not as bad as physical violence, but it's still something, in my opinion, that's beneath an elected official. The political discourse right now is at a lower point than it's been, at least in my lifetime, and probably before that, probably in American history. Another one, back on the House side, Oversight Committee Chair James Comer. He's looking into the Biden family and and suggesting that they were doing something illegal, bribery, influence peddling. Well, he got in a fight with Representative Jared Moskowitz, a Democrat from Florida, uh, because Moskowitz... (laughs) Moskowitz made a tit-for-tat corruption accusation over a loan that the Comer family got. And Moskowitz suggested, well, that's no different from the transactions that you're implicating Joe Biden in, in his, in his alleged corruption scheme. So Comer, you know, pushes back. He says uh, Moskowitz is financially illiterate. He says the accusation was bullshit. And then he said, you look like a smurf here. <laughs> You, you look like a Smurf because Moskowitz was wearing a light blue suit and a white shirt. So he, he said, you look like a Smurf. <laughs> That's an insult right there. That's If somebody called me a Smurf, uh, we're, we're, we're throwing down. I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, I mean, what, what kind of insult is that? Okay, so I think at this point, it, it's pretty obvious that we suffer from a lack of maturity in Congress right now. Not just a lack of maturity but a lack of character. And some people say, well, character doesn't matter anymore. There's an argument to be made for that after what we've seen over the last mm, eight years or so. But we have a group of politicians, mostly on the Republican side, who are behaving in ways that are crude and using language that is vulgar. I, I get that tensions are really high right now, right? You have the ousting of McCarthy. A lot of people were upset about that. You have votes to keep the government open. It could close down. Still, they passed something in the House yesterday, a continuing resolution, but not in the Senate yet. But increasingly, right, this is nuts. And, and the fact that things have devolved to this level, I mean, it shouldn't really surprise anyone because I think, like I said, it's been a long time coming. Increasingly, we see politicians resorting to stunts to get attention. And and that's where Marjorie Taylor Greene is. She wants attention. She tries to be as provocative and rude as possible to get that attention, to get Twitter likes. 
she's going around proposing resolutions to impeach members of the Biden administration and censure her fellow members of Congress. She she serves no real purpose in the House other than to poke at her enemies and provo- uh, provoke her enemies. That's what she does. And that's a lack of maturity. That's an inability to understand how a public official is supposed to behave. I, I don't think that Marjorie Taylor Greene takes her job seriously. And she shouldn't be taken seriously. But a lot of people do. The rules have changed. And there are a lot of voters out there, again, particularly on the Republican side, who endorse this kind of immaturity, that endorse this kind of bad behavior. And, of course, I think you have Donald Trump to blame for a lot of it. Trump showed us that a politician can be successful by calling names and threatening to physically hurt people he doesn't like. He did this a couple times during the 2016 campaign. Acting uncivilized helped him get to where he is. People on the right uh, interpret what he is doing as fighting. They say, oh, you know, he's, he's just counterpunching. He's a fighter. But really, these are all stunts. These are all stunts that are performed for a reason. Or, I mean, in, in Trump's case, I think a lot of it's an inability to control himself. But the, but the people, his supporters love it. The Republican voters love it. He's leading by 40 points in the, in the primary polls. And that's sad. And this lowering of the discourse has completely infected our politics. You, you know, you go on Twitter sometime. Check out the kinds of things people are saying to each other. And you will find that the loudest voices, the ones with the most followers, the ones who get the most likes, the ones who get the most retweets are the most provocative. They are the most partisan. They are the craziest. So if you are a nuanced person, if you're a moderate person or or deal in civility on that social network, you're very unlikely to get the kind of engagement that the bomb throwers and the crazies get. You people have made careers out of not just supporting Trump, but acting like Trump. But but people are absolutely horrible to each other on Twitter these days. I wouldn't be on it if I didn't have to be on it for, you know, uh, advertising my my podcast and my videos. And the other thing, that all of this juvenile fighting and all of the threats of violence from within the GOP tells us is that they are too dysfunctional to govern. Now, don't think I'm just picking on the GOP here. There are some members of the Democratic Party who are immature, too. Uh, I look at John Fetterman because he's always tweeting ridiculous stuff and being provocative. He dresses like a homeless person on the Senate floor. He's immature. But as far as I know, he hasn't threatened physical violence against anyone. He hasn't called his fellow Democrats names using expletives. And uh, AOC and the squad... They have crazy views. But AOC isn't punching people in the kidneys in the Capitol Rotunda. But the the tension on the Democratic side doesn't appear to be anywhere close to what's going on in the GOP right now. And I'll tell you something. As a a former member of the GOP, somebody who left in 2016, it's embarrassing. For a lot of conservatives watching what is happening from Trump all the way down to Green and Boebert, it's been humiliating. 
to be associated with that in any way. Because the Republicans were once a serious party. Conservatism was a serious movement. And one of the hallmarks of that movement was that we held ourselves to a higher standard than the activists in the street. Or, or even some politicians, even Bill Clinton when he had his, his uh, sexual dalliances. Character mattered in those days. But we don't have that luxury anymore because the people at the top of the Republican Party are just as bad as those activists. Donald Trump is just as bad, if not way worse, than Bill Clinton. But that was the idea that Republicans should be better. And now the fact that this is the kind of behavior that so many GOP voters want is troubling. Too many Republicans are not interested in governing, but interested in fighting. And that's it. Interested in the battle against whoever doesn't toe the line, right? The Trump line or the Freedom Caucus line. They're interested in the chaos. They're interested in the anger. And they're not interested in making policy. They're not interested in promoting ideas. And that needs to stop. But the problem is the incentives for politicians to act like this are huge now. Because if you act like this, you get on TV. You become a prominent member of the party like Green or Lauren Boebert. Everybody knows who they are. Or Matt Gates, who's another one that acts like a 13-year-old. You become president. And I don't, I don't know how to stop it. I, the only way to stop it is to vote these people out, to make sure that they lose. But most of them are in safe districts, and the primary voters are going the other direction at the moment in the Republican Party. Because they want mean. They want angry. They want immature. And what does that say about those voters? And I, I, don't, I don't think it's anything good. I don't. So our, our leaders need to set an example. I know everybody hates politicians, but really they need to be role models, especially the president of the United States. They need to act like adults because if they don't and they keep being rewarded for it, pretty soon Washington is, the discourse is going to get so low in Washington that it's just going to cease to function. I'm Dan Joseph. This has been the Dan Joseph's America podcast. Check out my YouTube page at DanJoseph78. And I'm on Twitter, where I always keep it civilized, at DanJoseph365. I will see you next time.